Welcome to our December podcast with two Stephs, and we're joined by Mark. Yes. Hello, dragged Mark. him back in. Yep, thank you. Good to be here for the uh, end of year look back. Are we allowed to say happy Christmas yet? Um, festive greetings. Festive I don't greetings. Know. What's yeah, yeah. What's the I, right think, term? I think comms approves the line of <laughs> festive greetings. Happy end of the year, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's whiz by. What? What? So many good films. Yeah. So much time. What are we going to do on this podcast? Because it's kind of kind of special. Yeah. We're doing a roundup. Thinking year in review, mm-hmm. top picks, what we've got lined up for the rest of December, mm-hmm. and then looking ahead to Jan, what are we most excited about? Because mm. of course we were just at screening days up in Leicester a couple of weekends ago. Yes. Lots of films. Four films a day. Yeah. Here, here's a top. <laughs> Fried tip. stuff spring. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think my limit is seven films over two days. I thought you were going to say seven films a day, and I was thinking that's pretty incredible. <laughs> that's ambitious. What, yeah, what is like the most that you've ever I, seen? I, well, I, I did six uh, when I was at a festival. I can't remember which one, but I was at a festival. Um, I was young and keen, uh, <laughs> and I did six. I did six films, and that's just that's just crazy. Um, you can't even remember the first ones of the well, day at that well, exactly. point. Exactly. I mean, no. you know, you obviously, you, you know, you kind of try to write notes and, you know, keep ahead. But, but it, it, is just, it is just bonkers. I mean, you, you need to live in between the films um, and the kind of eating and stuff. And, yeah, I mean, it, it, and I think it was that thing that you, you, you said, Steph, in, um, at Sweeney Days is that, and you were just saying about watching so many, um, you, you forget... You think was that in that film or was that that? Or did mm, I, they did I merge that? Into yeah. And then and then people say to you, "Oh, what did you think about that film?" And you go, "I haven't I formed a coherent thought on that. I, I haven't sat with that long enough." Actually, the, the the funniest thing that happened, I remember going to when I was at um, Toronto Film Festival, and um, I went to see this uh, Thai film. I thought, right, okay, I want to go and see. I've read a lot about that. I must go and see that. That's good. Yeah. Um, and I went to see it, and about half an hour in, it was like. I've seen this before. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, so it plays... This is why Mark needs Letterboxd. It's why uh, I don't need any more uh, additional digital platforms to my life. But yes, so looking back on the year is what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to start us off? Well, I'm certainly happy to. Um, It's that thing always... When you get to the end of the year, you think back and go, or during the year rather, you think, oh, this is really tough, or you know, this is not working the way it should do. Mm. Where are all these great films? And it's not as good. As, that's what it's not it's as, good, good as last year. It's not as good as <laughs> it's not as good as when I was younger. Uh. But uh, you look back and go, oh, there's a lot of fantastic films that we screened. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to narrow it down to like three or four, and I've ended up with yeah. seven, and why not cover them all? But <laughs> Well, I, I've, um, I've, um, I'll talk about that later in terms of top films because I've, um, I've worked the system. You've got oh. a system? No, no, I've worked it. I've, I've played the system in order to uh, multiply oh, my... Um, it's your advantage. Sneaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're sequels? Or... No, 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 you'll, we'll come on to that. Okay. But, um, but, but the, 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 the thing that, I mean, uh, I kind of tend to focus on what we do at Watershed and what's been happening here, sort of indie world and you know, world cinema. Um, but in the cinema world in general, it was Barben... Bar, is it Barbenheimer or Barben... Barbenheimer. No, Barbenheimer. Can we not do Barbenheimer? Well, you we can. can. Or does that sound like a car? 
Yeah, a little bit. Oh, oh, I don't yeah. know about car, but um, so, Bar- so Barbie Heimer um, <laughs> was the big thing, and it was gov- it was still you know trying to get back to post COVID levels of business. Hmm. Um, and you know, there's a big there's the crisis that is constantly in cinema in general in terms of admissions. Are we going to get back to the level of admissions that we've we've had in the past? And um, uh, uh, Barbenheimer seemed to demonstrate that it's possible. So everybody was talking about cinema, and it was a big, you know, you're going to go and see this. And it was brilliant marketing. I mean, mm. you know, obviously they weren't marketing together, but it became no, yeah. it became such a big thing that everybody was talking about it. It was, it, yeah. And we would normally, in 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 the, the normal scheme of things, although it's always contested and argued about, but you know, we don't show commercial mainstream films mm. at Watershed. Uh, but here we were showing the biggest mm-hmm. commercial film mm-hmm. of the year, Barbie. So we were jumping onto the, uh, you know, get the, you know, the audience enthusiasm. But it just is a kind of phenomenon. It was just great to see cinema going to the cinema and, and the there's cinema so much event. energy yeah. and people treating yeah. it like an event, like dressing up yeah. and, and the yeah. kind of but also two, two very different films. I mean, you know, two <laughs> very, very. That's why it worked, <laughs> I think. Yeah. You know, uh, one very one um, very pop and in, in, in light, and the other one about a doll. I actually <laughs> ended up preferring Oppenheimer, which I hadn't yeah. anticipated. You preferred yeah. Oppenheimer yeah. to Barbie. Because I'm, I'm not really normally a big Christopher Nolan fan, not really my cup of tea. The last one of his I probably liked was Insomnia. Mm. And I'm quite a big Greta Gerwig fan. And yeah, yeah what a what a up for the books, Oppenheimer <laughs> ranking the best. Well, yeah, if you want to put them put them like head to head, but which I, I am. <laughs> yeah, but also I enjoyed Oppenheimer. Yeah, more than you. You, you actually sat surprised. through an entire three-hour film. Yes, mainly because I was like, it would be impolite for me to get out and leave. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you were being stroppy during the Eight Mountains, and we tried to watch that together. <laughs> that, is, that is not one of my top four films, I'm afraid. <laughs> But, but, but that is a, 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 also a, a thing about this year mm. has been films running times. Yeah. The, the, the length of films and the, has been talked about a lot. Perhaps too much, because I don't think it's putting audiences off, as we've seen with no. Oppenheimer. Yeah. And also, like, there's it's still, still clearly a market for that kind of major historical epic, because, I mean, mm. we're just recording this after the opening weekend of Napoleon, and it's absolutely smashed at the box office. Yeah. Which I think, I think there are parallels you can draw between that and Oppenheimer in terms of well, their also, framing. Well, also Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Which is, again, historical drama. But I think it is that uh, appetite for um, immersing yourself in a historical drama, as you say. Mm. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's the same with literature. You think about Wolf Hall, you think about these things. Filming, filming be- the new season of in Bristol right now. Oh, ah, mm. good. But, you know, you immerse yourself in history, mm. I guess, and the story, that storytelling. So, but yeah, so it was a thing for, you know, long films they yeah. could be longer uh, for me as in, in the case of Killers of the Flower Moon oh really uh, yeah I came I came out of it and I said you know the only problem with that film is it was too short could have been another 20 minutes at least oh another hour I would have yeah. been happy with an hour because you were just <laughs> I, it, I mean first of all the, the, well the thing about um, I guess Oppenheimer Napoleon and um, Killers of the Flower Moon is I mean it's directors who really love storytelling mm. who really love to immerse in the the characters, the story, the world. So there's a lot of kind of, and certainly in Killers of the Flower Moon, there's a lot of really interesting characters, plot and everything. And it's sort of, in a, I want to say, old-fashioned 
storytelling. And um, yeah, I was I was there. I was I was I was transported back to you know Oklahoma in the nineteen twenties and could have lived in that world for a good while longer. Feels like as soon as it gets to a certain point that you get all these people saying, "Oh, it should have been a TV miniseries," and it's like that entirely misses the point. Yeah, it's still yeah. clearly a film and meant to be viewed yeah. in one season. I can't, I can't, I can't imagine anybody. I can't imagine the response that Scorsese <laughs> would have to somebody <laughs> saying that to him. Well, people had been saying it and, and getting shot down. Luckily, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, it was really nice to see, um, you know, kind of cinema at the centre of discussions. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, in, in the kind of wider. World, and but I mean, again, it was again, our biggest box office since Parasite opened in yeah, 2019, yeah. which yeah, was yeah. a huge hit. Yeah. Barbenheimer, you mean? Uh, Barbie for us. Yeah. Barbie, yeah. Yeah, no, it was really, it was really big, and the, of course the the price for it was really big as mm. well. Which Not is cheap course, on that film, yeah. <laughs> which is which is the thing that <laughs> you, the which is the thing that you know in terms of running the economics of mm-hmm. of the cinema, you have to think about. Which is, of course, these you know big commercial films come with big. Premium, commercial costs, big, 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 <laughs> premium, big premium prices, mm-hmm. and and I mean, it, you know, the other context. Whilst that's brilliant, and that that was happening in, in in July, sort of into August, the other context we find ourselves in Bristol, in particular, with is that two multiplexes are just closing. Yeah, um, as we record, mm-hmm. um, Cine World uh, is uh, uh, in Hengrove is closing definitely, mm-hmm. and it, and and the. Showcase, showcase Cinema Deluxe, which is a real uh, shock because mm. it's right in the city centre. Um, just heard uh, colleagues saying there that the boarding's going up. It's really weird. They went to see Napoleon there uh, at the weekend, and it's like you can feel it's you know Closing. it's like it's beginning Shut to down. close. And that's the thing is that you know what that kind of cinema operation needs is the people through the door because mm. they're paying high commercial prices for the films. You need people through the door, and then it's the concession sales, the popcorn and stuff that's making the Sort of business um, take over. So uh, whilst brilliant getting you know that those uh, cinema at the heart of discussions, which was lovely, then it's like oh, oh there's still this reality that's mm-hmm. this economic reality that's happening. But having said that, and you know the, in the commercial world, then for us, I think we, we were talking about stuff at past lives. That's our blockbuster. <laughs> it was our, it was our blockbuster. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, you it did was, say yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, so here's a smaller indie film. Yeah. Is it Celine Song, the, yes. um, the director? Mm. And, you know, here's a smaller film that was... Uh, and a uh, debut, like... A de- yeah, a debut um, feature. And, and um, it was on at Sundance, it premiered at Sundance, where it got in January. So that's the kind of journey all the way through from January. Mm. And then um, everybody started talking about it. It was on in Berlin. Huge, great critical reviews. But again, a, you know, a, in relative terms, a small film, but did fantastic business with us. We played it for how long? It was like nine or ten weeks. Yeah, yeah. really and, long. And so, and it's a bit like After Sun from the previous year, you know, it's like mm. a small debut film feature, you know. Which just picked up speed and kept, yeah. kept mm. and it's connect And it's connected and, you know, it's... it's so that was, that was really nice, again, for us, seeing that happening. Mm. You know, in the commercial world, it's a different kind of, uh, it's a different ball game. Different if you can have a different, if you can have a different ball game <laughs> for cinema, yes. But also anecdotally, what what's been nice to hear about Barbie is that the uniqueness that you get at Watershed, where or like the unique viewing yeah. experience that you get from coming to Watershed as opposed to a multiplex, and that generally speaking, the vibe has been party. 
yeah. at Watershed. In well, we positioned it. I mean, we did position it. Yeah. In it. Because it, cause the, the question is, if Watershed's shown it and it's on everywhere else, why is Watershed? So how do we, you know, and I, and I think we did a lot of work. Yeah. Steph, you in particular did yeah. a brilliant job. Yeah, lovely Keisha's Lorraine came yes, down as Barbie visit. for our yeah, Barbie yeah, yeah. party. Yeah. Oh, that, like, that, that is going to be, like, probably one of my favourite memories of Watersheds. <laughs> Not that I've been here for very long, but, like, I just want to have that as a distinct Come memory of, like, years? the movies are back, baby. Or, like, month. it's fun. Or, like, movies are fun. Sorry? Two years this month. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But that that's, like, a big, strong memory for me and kind of just realising, like, what what people come to Watershed mm-hmm. for, and it made my heart warm. Yeah. Well, I think it's, we, we consciously targeted this sort of diverse audience, you yes. know, the lesbian, gay, you know, we, we went for a kind of much, well, queer focus. Barbie. Yeah, queer, queer Barbie. Barbie. Yeah, yeah. Queer and Barbie, and of course you come it com- to Watershed. It completely connected. Yeah. Um, and it was a brilliant celebration. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, that was really good. Um, and at a kind of time of year that you need that. It's <laughs> normally a little yeah. slow. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. Doing all sorts. Yeah. No, I won't let you do just one appendectomy. But I'm a man. But not a doctor. Can I talk to a doctor? You are talking to a doctor. Can I need a clicky pen? No. A sharp thing? No. There he is. Doctor! Somebody get security. <laughs> the rest of the year. <laughs> the rest of the year. And then there was the rest of the year. But, um, well, I can... Uh... I've been... Th- are, you, are you sneaking several in under the kind of Cornish perspective? Is that how you're... No. No? Okay. Oh, no, no. What, Ennis Main? What yeah. I, what I am going to say though, looking back and thinking about the year uh, in cinema, was the fantastic films by women directors. Mm. That there was a real, you know, which is just great if you go back to like with Past Lives and Barbie, but then also stuff well, like Scrapper with Charlotte Regan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, nineteen seventy six. Mm. Yeah, nineteen seventy six. Yeah, Martelli, One Fine Morning, Polite yeah, Society, Blue Jean, How to Have Sex. Mm. Out of Sex, Under the Fig Tree, Eternal Daughter, and of course, oh. who can forget Carl Morley's writer-artist, Pirate King? Typist. Typist artist. Did I say writer? Yeah. yeah. Right? Project. Who, who <laughs> could forget, who <laughs> must forget have, that title? Must have, must have moved Do from being a typist. Do you not have enough badges? <laughs> must have moved from being a typist to being a writer. He <laughs> started as a writer and then became a typist. But, you know, that, that was Carol, who's indefatigable in terms of promotion. Mm-hmm. It was just brilliant seeing how... Uh, you know, I think it was tough um, both making it and then getting it through into distribution, but she really got onto um, the promotion of it, um, and has been all around the country and did yeah. a really brilliant job about getting this really small uh, indie film um, out there. But just generally, you know, I think the films by women directors have been so prominent mm-hmm. th- this year and such a brilliant range. So that was just a kind of observation. The world is crying out for more magic. Art makes life worth living. I'm glad I came with you. You must be bonkers. Um, going back to earlier in the year, I absolutely loved Albert Sarah's Pacifiction. Did not, oh, which I did not see. Yeah, I, I don't think you'd have dug it. I've got to, got to be honest. <laughs> Would I be looking at the wall in frustration? You might be. Okay. If you struggled with eight mountains, you, you might have been struggling with Pacifiction. Thank you for letting me know. But I mean, um, did, did we sit? No, we didn't sit together, did we? But we went up to the ICA to see him in conversation, the director oh, yeah. Albert yeah, Sarah, yeah, yeah. after a screening of his debut film. Um, and this was his new feature starring Benoit Magimel, um, who 
It's coming up in next year's Taste of Things, which we'll come on to later. Oh my God, it is him. Yeah, yeah. completely oh, transformed. It's it really hard him. to tell. He's such a brilliant actor. Yeah. 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 Um, that was an early, early in the year highlight back in April. Mm. It's this kind of dreamlike trance kind of film almost of uh, an investigation of um, like some sinister like arms testing thing going on in. Yeah, it's kind of like a Graham Greene novel. <laughs> it in is, the, way the subject definitely. matter is like, you know, Our Man in Havana or, mm. you know, one of those where, where it's like a diplomat is in... And he's getting you, you lost know, in a, the murky A, a European diplomat yeah. is, is in a, French. you know, kind of murky, yeah, colonial, yeah. post-colonial it's thing. Colonial in the, was it Caribbean? It's, yeah. yeah, in a Caribbean colony. And it's, it has got that, I thought it had that sort of very Graham Greene sort of... Um, Headiness but, to but, it. But, but not as clear. <laughs> no, of, no. you're thinking, what, what is going on? I mean, he shot like 600 hours, because he shoots digitally. Uh, and he just goes ham. He shot like 600 hours and spent months and months just <laughs> paring it down yeah. to the three that you see on screen. But as such, a lot of like the, the narrative is kind of left out, as it were, which then makes it, some might say, hard to follow, but I think that's kind of the point. Yeah. But also in, in, in the interview, he said that he, he never gave uh, Benoit um, direction. Mm. I think everybody else knew what was going to happen in particular he scenes. He kept surprising he kept, he kept he did, And so what you see is somebody who doesn't Reacting really know what's going time. on. Or um, he'd feed him different... He'd depth. give him a different script. Yeah. And then he'd feed him the lines yeah. during the scene and yeah. they'd be different. Yeah. And he sort of... You can see this guy out of his depth. Mm. But, but as you say, I mean, just incredible. Um, I mean, I, so that was around the same time that Godland yeah, uh, was released, which was... Um, oh, I like that. That was yeah, another yeah, highlight. Which was, I like that. From which was Hilde great. Parmesan, yeah. I'm pronouncing that right. Who, who's, now forget this right, who's Icelandic, and who was telling a... a Danish. Danish story. Because oh, yeah. I of course, it's both colonies, actually. Yeah. Could, yeah. Um, that's interesting. It's yeah, a colonial link. Colonial, there. yeah, yeah. And, um, but I thought what those two films really... Uh, connected and reminded me about is dare I say it, the power of cinema uh, The movies are back Hey, the, yeah, the, movies are back. the movies are back Now movies are back but not Barbenheimer back because these two films put head to head I don't think people were, I don't think people were talking about it in the same way that Pacificland Yeah, yeah Pacificland Pacificland Yeah, because um, I remember at that point the audience you know, so again pre-Covid in that mm. in that world of um you know, there are no, we're building a full screen, we need more capacity, you know, everything is, um, uh, yeah, cinema's here, you know, it, growth, 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 it's, this is brilliant, people come and see any films. Then Pacifiction um, and Godland would have, I, I would have thought would have been, you know, done Played the kind of business, ways, yeah. the kind of business that I thought they would do um, in that old world. Uh, and then saw the business they did. Unfortunately, yeah, they and, did not. Uh, and went, oh, hang on a minute. Something's changed. This is another example of my com- somebody messing with my compass. <laughs> somebody put with a little magnet again, spinning it, and I'm going, hang on a minute, these should have done... And they're kind of, if you wanted to be uh, a bit cheap about it, they are, you know, sort of classic European mm. world cinema. Mm. You know, if you want to put them in a little box. And you think, well, that's what we do well with, you know. And then it was like, oh... Hang on a minute. Because actually, at that Albert Sella event at the ICA, I'd have expected it to be sold out. Yeah. And it was, it was just not... what, three quarters? And I used to go, oh, right, that's that. Is this the 20%? 
Milan's not, not coming back. Change. I mean, we've seen that especially with a lot of French titles this year in particular, I yeah. would say. Um, the, the, the audience kind of demanded turn up for them. It just isn't what it previously would have been. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a reflection on the quality of the films. No, no, no. That's, 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 that's yeah. the thing. And that's, it's, it's getting me going, hang on a minute, is my, is my, um, is my judgment going all to hell? There's a magnet underneath the table, <laughs> yeah, you know? Someone's playing with it. <laughs> someone's um, messing you about. But, um, but then as some of the other titles that we mentioned, um, Past Lives uh, being one of them that's really, mm. that's, mm-hmm. that's really worked in, you know, film like Scrap or the debut film. Yeah, we held that um, for a very long time. Which has mm. done well. It was really great, I thought, as well, to see the reaction to um, Stop Making Sense, which would be another of my highlights, mm. not in terms of new releases, but... The 4K restoration re-release from May 24. You didn't. Oh, you fool! (laughs) How many times? You know, we sat on this very podcast, and I was like, "You have to get." And I was like, "Yes, I will." A little homework assignment. But it was so great to see a such solid turnouts for it, but to see it doing so well with young audiences as well who were watching that film for the first time, not just the first time in the cinema. Yeah. Um, and the kind of atmosphere in a lot of the screenings was so lively. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it was it was like... Uh, um, now, I've been around long enough to see, see it when it was first released. Mm. Uh, and when I... I think we need a Mark Bingo card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it was first released. So, um, yeah. I, I was in London at the time. Right. Uh, I went to see it in a... a I went with my, my then-girlfriend to see it in a screening um, sort of late afternoon, early evening in London. And yeah, and um, I think it was an Odeon or something, you know. And uh, we were the only people there, uh, which was brilliant because it was played loud, and the pair of us just danced up and down the aisles. Just party. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, you know, so that, and because it is a film that it kind of defies you to um, stay seated. Mm. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, we did the gig. At least not have your foot tapping. Yeah, we did the gig edition. Yeah. Uh, which was in our W three flexible space, no seating. Yeah, um, standing room only. And, and because it, I mean, I seen it again with the and this, they've 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 gone back to the original audio recording mm. and they've you know obviously passed because because the rights weren't with Talking Heads for you know however many years and then Talking Heads got the rights back and then they decided right we're going to do this mm. uh, properly as it were we went back to the you know the original audio recordings. Um, and then they've all been cleaned up, and you know, so the the, the audio on it was just um, phenomenal. And um, I, when watching it again in the cinema, I actually think um, that you you, you it, it's a kind of more exhilarating experience than if you had actually seen it live, because if you'd seen it live, you wouldn't know where to look, as it were. So you're directed, yeah. your eyes directed to the, and the editing is just phenomenal. And so what you get is, is, is much, much more than if you were oh, in there. Oh, it's going to be seen. Is, well, as, as a, as a line, which is why you can understand why David Byrne said, well, I, we don't need to tour anymore because <laughs> We've the, done film, yeah. the, film, the film can do the touring for us. I mean, it pissed off the other members of the band, but um, I'm sure. But, but, um, but you can see, you just think, mm. well, as a, as a short person, I entirely agree. Mm. <laughs> I can never see the stage at gigs. It's just an acoustic little, experience. You don't take a little thing that you can stand on or something. Strangely like. enough, no, yeah, Mark. I don't know. carry around a stool with me. <laughs> yeah. It's not quite the thing. Cool, Thank cool you, Buddha. Same as it ever was.
Yes. David's always done pretty well, like David Byrne. I mean, looking at collaboration with Jonathan Demme then, but then also when he worked with Spike Lee on yeah. his American Utopia that came out a few years ago and played it at FF at least. Yeah. Um, which was amazing. There's such energy in the way Spike shoots it. Yeah, and he's he's got, um, I think Byrne's got that... Uh, he knows his medium. He's different mediums, yeah. and of course he's Very done. Well. He's done true stories as well. Yeah, but, yeah. but the thing that stopped making sense, of course, it was A twenty four, and A twenty four have been big um, company in in the indie film world. And they really put everything behind it in terms of promotion, yeah. like yeah. shooting that new teaser trailer as well. Yeah, which was David in the big suit. That, that, yeah, I yeah. think that was like a perfect combo for A twenty four to pick. Yeah. Up, uh, stop making sense. I was like, that's perfect for like yeah. the audience that you're trying to get to. Yeah. But the but the thing about A twenty four, what do we think about their stuff through the years? So, you know, we get the pe- cult of A twenty four. Marcel the Shell. Marcel the Shell. Yes. Oh, um, everything everywhere. Well, that yeah. was that was that we, was that was previous year. But we reshowed it this year. We we did, but um, it's it's interesting that you know that was so huge. Mm. And then are A twenty four going to keep their? You know, kind of indie. Because was it Bo was Afraid, the one that they did mm. this year? Was that A24? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is one of my favourite films of this oh. year. One of your favourite long films yeah, of I'm, the year. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, surprise, it's surprise. A long one again. I do uh, I agree because we watch it with a lot of team members there. Some said that it did drag on for a little longer. But I was like, I feel like that's the point that it's meant to drag on a bit too long. We yeah. were loving it. Yeah. We found it hilarious. Yeah. And we, we may or may not much. have had looks from other people. <laughs> Um, we were enjoying it in the way that we wanted to enjoy it. In the way that Ari Aster <laughs> intended. <laughs> but, I mean, there's also a dream scenario from A24 this year. Oh, yeah. Um, um, well, The Eternal could, Daughter yeah. is an A24 film. Mm. It's a BBC film and A24. A24 and, yeah. yeah. It's interesting to see how they are, um, you know, moving from that kind of um, quite culty indie uh Distributor to mm. you know really moving out and being a player mm-hmm. in a sense in production yeah. as well. So interesting. Yeah, to and see the what distributing they do. zone of interest in the Jonathan Glazer film, which we'll go into later themselves when yeah. it comes out next year in the UK, because they mm. often distribute through yeah, other yeah. companies. And they got Priscilla. They do in indeed, December. which is being distributed by Movie here. Well, yes. We're we're lucky to be previewing it from December. It yeah. releases in Jan. Um, I don't know. Is this the time to get on to? Well, we've got to do our top films of the year. Right, OK. okay. You'll hear about Priscilla later. Yes. <laughs> and, it's, and she's not the queen of the desert. Yeah, I, no. I wish the other one. <laughs> I also loved um, the new Todd Haynes film, May, December. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme with my top ones in that audiences haven't quite turned out for them in the way one might mm-hmm. hope. Again, a bit, had a bit of a soft kind of opening, um, partly because it's going to streaming quite quickly, um, which then obviously changes the way that a distributor releases the film. But I thought it was a, a beautiful work from him, uh, tackling quite a difficult kind of topic and situation and handling that with quite a lot of care. We, we talked about it on the previous month's podcast a bit, but it's about the, in suburban America, a housewife who... Um, Sounds very uh, Todd Haynes already. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> is this every Todd Haynes film ever? Um, uh, and the relationship she starts with um, someone who is a teenage boy at the time, and this is then taking them as adults, um, and there's an actress who arrives at their house to stay with them and observe them, um, who's going to be playing the, the, the housewife, the woman, in a new feature about the couple's relationship. Um, and it kind of digs into the messiness of 
underlying <laughs> problems beneath their, their what appears to be happy marriage at this point and kind of unpicks that. And it's an amazing performance by Julianne Moore, um, really haunting. And both her and Natalie Portman play so well against each other. And this is like the perfect role, I would say, for Natalie Portman. She's <laughs> playing an actress, which she always kind of feels like she's doing. Yeah. No, it was, um, I mean, it gets really brilliant um, performances from women. Haynes, I mean, it's, mm. and Julianne Moore. I mean, I was thinking it sort of reminded me of Safe and her, what her first. It's exactly like that a part. continuation. It's a continuation of that. Um, via um, Far from Heaven, and yeah. you know, but um, it is a shame because it's. I think it was Sky that um, is, yeah. maybe financed it as well. So they obviously want it for um, Sky Cinema. Yeah, <clears throat> um, and it get it doesn't. It's sort of ni- it's neither cinema release. No, you know, I mean, it just doesn't sit. Yeah, it feels like it, it sits doesn't, weirdly doesn't in the really middle without the promotion, which was a shame. Mm-hmm. But definitely uh, one to look out. It's got yeah. an amazing soundtrack as well. Yeah, it's it's beautiful brilliant. opening credits, yeah. and there's a lot of humour running throughout in quite like a dark camp way. Like, yeah. there's a particular scene where she opens the fridge and makes a comment, it's a comment about the Frankfurters or for the hot dogs in the fridge, and yeah. it just, it, I mean, it was 8 a.m. when we watched it at the festival, and it still had people laughing at it. At that yeah, point. yeah. Beautiful film. I highly recommend catching on Sky Cinema if you can't see it in cinema. Why would you want to play someone who you think is a bad person? It's the moral gray areas that are interesting. She's getting on my last nerve. She does everywhere I look. Why can't we talk about it? If we're really as in love as we say we are... Insecure people are very dangerous, aren't they? You're crazy. So we're doing top films. Oh yeah, yeah. Shall I do that? Shall I do my ones? Go on. Go on. Okay. I for me, these are all in no particular order. Mm-hmm. So Barbie which I went to see six times, How to Have Sex, because it, it got me very strongly in the feels, like, yeah. and it very hit a very yeah. deep down there feeling. I cried the, the next day, realising how like, it, it brought up a lot of well, personal it is, feelings. It, it, it's very... Um, I mean, it, it, it's, and of course, we had Molly Manning Walker here, yeah. the director, and she was talking about it, and she's very... Because one of the... Um, it didn't do as well as we wanted it to do, I think, or we hoped it would do, rather. Mm. And I think the title just didn't work as a way of selling it out of sex. But apparently, you know, she was very adamant that that, was, that, was, that was the title. And I think, you know, for a reason, um, because the film is about um, a group of girls that go to, you know, just finished their A-levels, that are going on, you know, going to, you know, Costa del Sol to party. Yeah. Um, and in a way, how you know, going, going there to find out how to have sex mm-hmm. um, and of course enjoy so it's all about you know that kind of thrills about going and all of this but it's actually you know about consent yeah. and about um, you know pressure and peer pressure and mm-hmm. so it's got very you know it's got a very serious uh, note to it and, uh, and that completely resonates with you know and particularly a younger audience that uh, went to see it so it was it was joyous in mm-hmm. many ways and then it was like oh this is Especially the way that the, the, the trailer positioned it made it seem like maybe this is a more yeah. of like a party film than y- yeah, perhaps it ends up it, being. Exactly. And the and title's I, so provocative, like you said, that it yeah. kind of was hard to read necessarily. Yeah. 
So I think that's where the, the sort of delay. You think you're going to see, oh, and you're going, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. Like when, when the Ed credits rolled, I was like, yeah. I need to go home. Sitting by quiet. Yeah. 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 Which is, I had a similar feeling about another film at screening days, um, which we'll get into a little later. I think I'm I, for my third film. I'm going to go forgive me pity because oh, I had yeah, such go a good time. I just yeah. had like such a really good time hosting the Q and A with Sophie, who was in it. It's like a performance piece in itself. Yes, yes, that that's exactly what I thought as well. I'm going to put Ennis Main on there. Oh, crossover. Yeah. Mm. Um, Didn't think we'd have any in common. Because I was like, oh, that was weird. And I really liked it. Mm. And I really like, what's it, Mark? What, what's it? Mark Jenkins. Jenkins. I really like Mark Jenkins. I really like mm. Bait. And mm. so I was very happy with this mm. uh, kind of follow-up. And but I was afraid. Because nice. I had such a good time. What ball. <laughs> good. Why go next? Yeah, go on. So I've, I've paired my top five. No, of so I've got, uh, I've got ten. No, that's oh, ages. Okay. So, um, so in, in no particular order, but possibly um, <laughs> an order, uh, the, the first double bill um, is uh, 1976, uh, the Chilean film, uh, Manuela Martelli, and Under the Fig Trees which I, I just thought were two really uh, strong films about women. Um, and I thought Under the Fig Trees, the Tunisian film, um, after the sort of disappointment of Sarah Pauli's Women Talking, which I felt, <laughs> like, which, which, which I, I've said before on podcast, I felt I was being lectured. Um, I felt I was sitting in a, I felt I was sitting in a kind of a very an ethics, bleak ethics, ethics lecture. <laughs> um, whereas under the fig trees is women joyously talking. Actually, that's what it's been called. Women joyously talking. Mm. And it's um, shot so beautifully. Yeah. I just felt you just felt that you were there. Yeah, with women the, talking just felt a bit. Of, yeah. Bland. So, um, so the 1976 and under the fig trees for those reasons, Godland and Pacifiction, which mm-hmm. we've talked about because I think it reminded me of uh, a kind of European cinema that is. Um, that is uh, starkly brilliant. <laughs> um, and then Scrapper and Out of Sex, uh, yeah. which are connected through Molly Manning Walker, who mm-hmm. she filmed Scrapper, and I thought Scrapper was a great debut from Charlotte Reagan. Yeah. And again, you know, you know, the, the whilst I've said about the list of um, women directors, we've also got class in there as well because it's Charlotte's, you know, white working class, and it tells a you know very authentic. Um, white working class story, as indeed this, this, yeah, as indeed this how to have sex, and I, I think you sort of, if you view those two films and the the talents of Charlotte Reagan and, and Molly Manning Walker, you can sort of say, you know, maybe British cinema is actually in safe hands. Then um, a kind of the the environmental uh, kind of themed. Are we spending a year in a field? It was, uh, well, fortunately, Chris Morris spent a year in the field for, for us. us. Yes. So that we, we, <laughs> we, we don't, have, we don't to. have to, but we can watch it. Which is, I mean, I think as a lot of people did uh, under COVID, went for walks and discovered their mm. neighbourhood and, you know, um, started looking around them. And what Christopher Morris did, um, who's not Chris Morris, by the way, but is Christopher Morris, who's a, he's a head of film at Falmouth, um, uh, School of Art, mm. um, and he was walking along the um, cliffs uh, around Cornwall, and you know had seen this standing stone, um, and had been taking photographs of it, and then decided to film it. Um, but the film becomes a kind of reflection on uh, uh, man, nature, but then you know projects forward to now 
um, about the climate crisis because mm. this is all around and he's thinking about all these things. Because um, these things like packets, you know, like crisp packets appear in the field. Lingerie wrappers. Yeah, lingerie wrappers <laughs> and, and just, you know, so it's like humanity's detritus is in this field is alongside this, you know, standing stone, which you could say is also some of humanity's detritus um, and hub hubris of thinking that they can sort of control nature. And of course it keeps kind of rolling off um, the, the, the coast, uh, you know, because you're right at the centre of where the sea, right at the, uh, yeah, where the sea meets the land. The camera, so, not the rock. To be yeah. Uh, and then I would put that with Jersey Skolobowski's EO, mm -hmm. uh, which, which, which was a kind of psychedelic, a bit of a psychedelic trip with a donkey. Um, but through, but through the donkey, and it was like dating of O'Hazard Valve. Yeah, well. but the donkey's perspective. But it was like the donkey tripping. was saying, "Look at what you lot have done." You. Something so mournful about their yeah. eyes as well. Yeah, and it's just like, look at look at you, humanity, what you have done, but just done in this kind of. Um, I mean, Jersey Scott a great Polish director, he's in his eighties, mm. and it's just got the energy of somebody who's at a rave at the age of seventeen, you know. Um, and then finally, I would put um, two restorations together, which is Georgi Feher's uh, Twilight Hungarian film, which we screened at Cinema Rediscovered, mm -hmm. uh, and David Schickel's Bushman, which is an American film from the 19, early 1970s. And, uh, you know, restorations are, you know, coming out increasingly into the cinema. I think we had, you know, quite a few over the year. Um, these two we did at uh, Cinema Rediscovered. Um, they, just, they just keep reminding me of, you think you know things, you know, you mm -hmm. think you know your history of cinema and then you see these films and you go, oh, where, have, where have they been, mm -hmm. you know? And, and Twilight in particular premiered at Berlin this year. Um, you know, so it's from the 1980s and it's the director of it was, he, you know, he worked with Bellatar. His work's just not well known at all. And, this was restored by the Hungarian Film Archive. And even the people at the Berlin Film Festival, when it was said, we, we don't know about this. We've never come across this. And it's just, it's a, it, if people have seen The Pledge, the, the Sean Penn film with Jack Nicholson, it's, it's that same story, but made in... Both based on the same novel. Yeah, right? and based on the same novel. But this is a, this is, this is a bleaker. <laughs> a bleaker <laughs> A telling. bleaker version than, the, than the, the, the Sean Penn, which itself was bleak and, mm. um, and captured the, the novel. Um, but yeah, so I just thought those, those two um, films... Twilight were, is out as well on um, yeah, second so run Blu-ray, yeah. so you mm. can watch that one at home. Yeah, yeah. So that's my um, ten, ten. ten films. That's, as a top five, though. It's really cheating. Yeah, I didn't know there were rules. Sorry, nobody sent me the. It's really frustrating that I, you okay. neatly thematically linked them as well. Because <laughs> now I've just got bogged down this file. Well, mine again in no particular order because I find it hard to rank them. I don't like ranking and rating things. I'm not a big star ratings person. Fair enough. May December, as I mm -hmm. mentioned, from Todd Haynes. Pacifiction mm -hmm. again, as I've already talked about. I really loved the documentary from at the start of the year by Laura Poitras, um, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, mm. about Nan Golden. Oh my gosh. I know. Yeah, yeah. Of course you can, you can go, yeah, I know. Oh, I completely forgot so much that. that came out early in Jan, like Tar yeah. came out in Jan, yeah. which I've reluctantly had to just leave off the list. Although I did rewatch the other day at home and I was like, oh, what a film. What a film. I did it in a double bill with Casino Royale, which revealed some really weird things about it. But anyway, <laughs> fourth one, Ennis Main. 
Yeah. Absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. Exactly my jam. Mm-hmm. Everything I could want from a yeah. Cornish folky film. Yeah. Um, the perfect amount of horror as well interspersed throughout. Yeah. It doesn't get silly. It doesn't get campy. Um, but there's uh, something so... I mean, I, kind I, of, I think it is, but... Oh, <laughs> well, a little bit. I don't mind that. There's something so perfect about the way that his like folk horror tone marries with the, the kind of disconnect that comes from his post-sync sound mm. and the way that, that what you're hearing never quite perfectly lines up yeah. with you know, people's movements of their mouths and what's happening in the environment. There's a real disconnect and distance. And God, what gorgeous cinematography. Mm-hmm. And to see the, the vibrancy of those colours. Yeah, so pretty. That he has found a zoom for his camera, which <laughs> I well, absolutely he, loved. He, 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 he managed to buy one on the, the success of bait. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Not cheap. And I actually saw that he performed it with a live score at um, End of the Road Festival, which was really mm. great um, kind of performance in, in a tent, in a field. It felt fitting. <laughs> Not quite a year in the field, but uh, yeah, a couple of days a morning, in the field. a morning, an morning afternoon in the field, in the field. <laughs> a hungover afternoon <laughs> in the field. I also rewatched um, Galavant at that festival, hungover mm. in a morning. It sat in a deck chair in the cinema tent, and God, what a what a hangover cure of a film! <laughs> I absolutely love it. It's Andrew Cotting's film mm. from anyway. That's not one of my picks because that was just put on at a festival. It was but last year's pick. Yeah, for you, literally. Yeah, and yeah, I'd probably round that out with. Uh, the re-release of Stop Making Sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely adored it. Um, went twice. Why not? Would go again, actually. Maybe mm, we should um, <laughs> put some yeah. more on. It'd be a festive special. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I also just want to put Rotting in the Sun in there to make it a top six for me because I totally forgot about that, but I loved that film. It was very fresh and... There was strong sex references. Mm. More than strong. references, I would say. Yes, finally. Finally, there was depictions <laughs> I think, of I think sex. it was a really interesting way that they released that as well, and just like the, the kind of one-night-only event yeah. type release, because it is the kind of film that might have struggled if we'd have played it for like a week or something. Mm. But it really worked for that one, one show. Mm. Um, and it was so good that it got the people had the opportunity to see it in the cinema before it just went straight onto their platform. Mm. Fresh. Indeed. That's what I thought. And you can watch your movie now. Yes. Do go see it. I watched Crystal Fairy and the Magic Cactus last night. Michael, Sarah, Gabby, hopping like I watched it. Follow me on Instagram, right? I don't even know you. Inspire impersonation. Are so wavy. You're the right person to work on the show with me. Think of it like curb your enthusiasm, but positive. December. December. Oh my gosh! Oh, we're talking about December. I thought I was. I was uh, probably I, I briefly. Was scooting ahead. Should to, we scoot? Um, well, I mean, December. Uh, I guess we've got to say Pearl and Pressburger, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> Double act of the month. Uh, the BFI have done a, a big season of Pearl and Pressburger, and we've been working with them through the Film Hub uh, in getting the films um, out wider across the UK. And this is Pearl and Pressburger, Michael Pearl and Emmerich Pressburger, just the fantastic films that they made together through the. Well, starting from the 30s through until the 60s. Um, films like Matter of Life and Death. Um, Red Life and Shoes. Red Shoes, mm. Black Narcissus. Colonel Blimp. Um, so, and then also, they, they, we, we're talking about the colour ones for a reason, because <laughs> we're doing a thing on Technicolour, and because they were geniuses at working with Technicolour, yeah. because they worked with Jack Cardiff, who's a great cinematographer, who worked with us um, brilliantly with using Technicolour, which was a kind of new... Um, format which oh, I won't go into the whole technical side of it but it just creates um, captures colour so vividly mm. uh, and if you've seen any of those films you'll know um, and if you've not seen any of those films get yourself 
to some of the screenings that are happening. 1st to the 20th of December. Yeah, and so it it kicks off with, um, we've got... A Matter of Life and Death, death. which beautifully kind of illustrates the strength of that Technicolor because um, all the scenes that take place in the afterlife in that film are in black and white. So heavens... The great yeah. thing there is heaven. Heaven is stripped it, of its colour. Heaven, yeah. heaven is not only black and white, but it is a bureaucratic nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then through to, it runs through to the 20th. Yeah. yeah. Just note that on the 15th and 16th, we're playing the red shoes from a new 35mm print, which mm. would be great. On the 15th has an introduction from film historian and writer, critic Pamela Hutchinson, who's just written a new BFI classics book on the red shoes, which has been... Um, sold out. They've had to repress it already mm, and reprint yeah. it. Great. Demand. Well, they've had to. They've had to reprint the, A lot the of book it. as All well. The whole, they've, they've actually reprinted the films. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not. <laughs> and it's my like. One of my favourite films of all time. It's amazing. It's yeah. one of Scorsese. It's because Scorsese's a massive Palin Pressburg fan, mm. um, and uh, I think The Red Shoes is his favourite. I, I think it. I think it. Oh, it, it changes might, depending it on when changes, he's asked. But it's, I think. One that, it's one that he, I think he saw it. Uh, you know, famously, you know, he had um, Iceman. You, you, you know, he was watching a lot of films on telly, and of course, it was black and white. Mm. And then I think he went to the cinema to see it. Mm. Sorry, and then saw in, color. in that Technicolor. And of course, you know, you'd go from black and white to Technicolor. Yeah. So yeah, and it's a, it, they, their work has been used. I mean, we've been talking about Barbie. I mean, Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Yeah, you hugely influenced, especially and, and Barbie. Yeah, was was influenced the color of Barbie. If you watch the color, if you watch Barbie in the Technicolor feel yes. of it, <laughs> you go back to Paul and Pressburger. And a lot of the films she was influenced by are actually included in that season yeah. as well, like the um, umbrellas. The, yeah, the umbrellas of Shabu, which is which also one of my faves. There you the go. Whole time. What a Christmas treat. Mm, it really is. And yeah, we, we're finishing out the season on the 20th with a screening of Black Narcissus, another Paul and Pressburger mm. classic, at the Mount Without, the converted church at the bottom of St. Michael's Hill. Mm. It's an excellent venue. It's amazing. It's this converted church with like a painted ceiling, um, painted to look like the sky. And we'll be uh, installing a, uh, as large a screen as we can <laughs> into its hall. <laughs> Sister Ruth will be terrifying as all. Yeah. and her red lipstick. A, what a treat. Large <laughs> scale. Um, and there'll also be DJ Chiba doing some projections in the crypt beforehand. So oh, yeah. get your tickets on our website um, and get them, get them fast. Yeah. I had to take the young general. I couldn't turn out the holy man. I couldn't stop the wind from blowing and the air from being as clear as crystal and I couldn't hide the mountains. And then we're continuing, despite that being the season over, we've put in a couple more Powell and Pressburger ones for over Christmas, mm. including a few shows of The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp and uh, I Know, I know Where, I'm, where going. I'm Going, which Steph watched the other day. And loved. Yes, I really liked it. Uh, yeah. Tilda Swinton's favourite film. Yes, um, it was as they've put on the quad poster <laughs> yes yes they have so i can cross post if you like the eternal daughter <laughs> you'll love i know where i'm going and we've also got alongside that our christmas program for this year yeah modern well. classics including it's <laughs> <laughs> 20th oh. anniversary oh come on but, um, chicken run chicken, chicken yes, run the more importantly, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. from the eighth um we're thrilled to be able to be playing it yeah city it's a home of Ardman. Ardman We're playing represent. it in the run-up to Christmas. It's a lovely, festive treat for the and you family. Won't, you won't be seeing that in many uh, cinemas. cinemas. Yeah. Are we Is the it? only cinema showing it in Bristol? Don't ask me yes. difficult questions. Okey I'm going to say dokey. yes now. 
and hopefully not be proved wrong. Okay, fingers <laughs> fingers are crossed. Yeah. While you say that. But yeah, definitely a fun one to watch with the family over Christmas. Um, alongside that, as I said, we've got Restoration of Elf <laughs> re-release. Yes. <laughs> a uh, Christmas staple of mine growing up, just because that's the one DVD that all the teachers had in the classroom. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Rolling it out every Christmas. Um, we've got It's a Wonderful Life as well. Mm-hmm. And then for a bit of an alternative Christmas offering, we've got one film noir that we're presenting in collaboration with Film Noir UK, Beware My Lovely, and my personal Christmas choice and Christmas favourite, um, Eyes Wide Shut, Stanley Kubrick's masterpiece. May I have the password, please? Fidelio. That's right, sir. That is the password for admittance. But may I ask, what is the password for the house? The password for the house. Yes. I'm sorry, I... I seem to have forgotten it. That's unfortunate. Because here, it doesn't matter whether you have forgotten it or if you never knew it. You will kindly remove your mask. It's far too unsettling for me. (laughs) That's fine. Didn't think, program think, it for you. No, I know, I know. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick's all you need to know. <laughs> I mean, I, I love Kubrick, but I'm, yeah. It's, Unsettling. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's not my favourite. Post-Christmas, when we reopen from the 27th, we're kicking off our little mini, well, relatively mini, Terence Davis retrospective, which mm, we'll be playing course, from yeah. 27th through to New Year's yeah. Day. With plenty, New Year's Eve, sorry, with yeah. um, plenty of screenings of... Um, works from across his kind of career. Yeah, it was it was such a shame, obviously, when he died. Yeah. Um, but it, it it was also a shame that uh, you know there was lots of really fantastic um, uh, obituaries and uh, memories of Terence Davis. And you know what you're reminded of, and what everybody said is you're reminded that he, um, you know, how brilliant he is as a, a, a filmmaker. Uh, you know, distant voices still lives, mm-hmm. long day closes through to benediction, um, an extraordinary um, filmmaker, um, in in a kind of very cinematic way, but yet how difficult it was he found to get funding um, to make his work, um, and he had long periods, you know, hiatus of making it, and you think, you know, if if only, you know, what else? And, and indeed, he was quite, you know, relatively young when he died and definitely still had um, more, films, more films in him. He was part way through one, I think. Yeah, I think he was, he was constantly developing. So he was a really singular filmmaker. And again, reading about everybody was talking about him, working with them and stuff, how singular he was. I mean, he, he, his, his real love, I guess, was music. And he, he, mm. he, he approaches film from a very sort of music um, like perspective, you know. There's melody infused through all of them, whether yeah. they're directly focused on music or not. And and um, it, it was just, a, and I, I I really do hope, plea to um, the British film <laughs> industry, that that directors like Charlotte Reagan and Molly Manning Walker don't mm. have that similar 
experience um, of struggling of, for funding. Of get funding, you know. Because it's like how many more Terence Davis films could we have had in the yeah, yeah, years yeah. if he hadn't have been struggling yeah. for funding and forced yeah. into kind of those hiatuses. So um, a real opportunity. Yeah, we'll be showing that Distant Voices Still Lives, The Long Day Closes, Deep Blue Sea, Benediction, Quiet Passion. And hopefully, if we can sort the rights, um, his documentary about Liverpool of Time in the City, Mm. tickets available on our website. Also on opening on the 27th, we've got the new Studio Ghibli film, which is Miyazaki's Mm. last film. So Boy and the Heron, which mm, yeah. Steph is very excited. The last, last, last film. Yeah, th- this, this time for real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Supposedly. Yeah, I'll see it when I believe it. I believe this it when is I like a loach all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Previews from the 27th. Yes. Um, another good one to watch with the family over Christmas. Mm-hmm. We'll be showing both um, some dubbed screenings of it and subtitled. Yes. Um, Robert Pattinson as the voice of the Heron in the UK dubbed version. Yeah. Doing yeah, yeah. a spectacular weird little guy voice. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Kind of like that's, that, isn't it? That's yeah. really accurate. Oh my god, they should have hired you instead. Yeah, well, you know, my rates are quite high. So. Mm, couldn't afford you. No. <laughs> you see this world? There's more work to be done. A grey heron once told me that all grey herons are liars. So is that the truth or a lie? A the lie. Truth. <laughs> Also from the 27th, we're really pleased to be previewing a new film from Sofia Coppola, Priscilla. Um, And these are exclusive previews uh, because we'll be showing the film on 35mm from the 27th through to the 4th of Jan. It's a beautiful print that maybe you've struck. Um, The film itself, equally beautiful. Mark and I watched a part of uh, London Film Festival a few months back. It's based on Priscilla Presley's memoir um, and kind of offers the, I suppose, the other side of the coin to, to Baz Luhrmann's Elvis from last year. It paints quite a different picture of that situation, his rise, and I don't think you quite get to his fall in <laughs> Priscilla because it's so uh, focused and rooted in her perspective and it kind of reconsiders the pop icon from her perspective, um, going right from when he met her, when he was already kind of a well-known performer um, and she was a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> And the film doesn't shy away from kind of addressing the, the the uncomfortableness of that. And it's such a delicate performance from, I think you say her name, Katie Spaney. Mm-hmm. She's a kind of newcomer and she just delivers this kind of gut-wrenching performance at points. She's quite tempered, like it's, it's never too... Yeah, it's restrained. It's, not, it's, it's restrained more... and it's very balanced and... I, you know, maybe this is the loneliest of all of Sofia Coppola's lonely protagonists. Yeah, it's yeah. a really isolating yeah. film, but beautifully shot and done. And Jacob Elordi is wonderful as um, Elvis. I mean, again, it's a wonderful full performance, but he's very much not a wonderful man in this. Yeah. 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 But it uh, captures that, um, I, I guess, if you're in the... Uh, well, it, what might be uh, seen as grooming in some ways... Uh, but how somebody can get sort of sucked into that world mm. and um, that become her entire and controlled. life, and then it, and then it, it's control. It, you know, you realise actually it's control because of course Elvis is away. You, ne- you never see it, um, but Elvis is obviously away touring, doing all the Elvis stuff that Elvis does, and she's meanwhile uh, she's, she's a sixteen-year-old wa- girl trapped wa- behind the gates of Graceland. Graceland yeah, um, and having been to Graceland this year, can mm. I just say <laughs> that um, the the because de- the Presley State have not backed this film at all, mm. um, because obviously it kind of punctures the myth of um, Presley. 
But um, when you see, uh, I was thinking, having been through Gracelands and seen the sets and Presley, that's oh, really authentic. Mm. <laughs> they've, really, they've really captured the yeah, and it and it's it, it actually is. Uh, although Graceland, you you get the sense of a mansion. It's not. It's actually quite a claustrophobic space, mm. and especially with the decor as well. That it's, piano it, that sits in the corner yeah, of the yeah, room, yeah, staring yeah. at her. And there isn't warmth. There isn't. I mean, that's that was one of the things. Is there isn't a warmth in it, you mm -hmm. know? And which 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 um, Coppola has really captured. What do you mean you won't know if you're lying? Here? He's not like you imagine. I know there's a lot of rumors about you. Was there something you're hiding? I don't have a goddamn thing to hide. Oh, I need a woman who understands that things like this might happen. Are you gonna be here or not? It's an excellent film. Highly recommend seeing it in the cinema. And also on the 35mm note, we'll be playing uh, the new Yorgos Lanthimos film, Poor Things from another exclusive print from the 12th of January. And Poor Things was supposed to be this year, but it was, was, ca yeah. it was we haven't mentioned the strikes. Yes, that, we course, haven't uh, in, completely in changed the release landscape yeah. of the year. So Poor Things was supposed to be um, September, oh God, it was was September it? October, yeah. 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 So um, it's, uh, left a quite a gaping hole in that release calendar. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but yes, we'll be released on the 12th of Jan and we'll be playing it from a 35mm print here at Watershed. So cool. Get your Good. tickets. Watershed.co.uk. That's correct. Forward slash what's on forward slash calendar. <laughs> if you know what's good for you. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for joining us, Mark. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming, Steph. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for coming, Steph. <laughs> thanks for recording, Bernie. <laughs> thanks for recording, Bernie. Um, we'll uh, see you in the new year. Is that right? Is that when we're going to do our next recording? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Happy festive season. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And we'll see you soon. <laughs>